This is Josh gets used to his degree. All right, guys, today we're going to be learning about the difference between genetics and genomics. podcast this is our podcast on unraveling songs i'm josh kumar and i'm lana holgado and we're here today to wish you a happy valentine's day is this coming out on valentine's day coming out on valentine's okay day. nice yeah. so you know whether you're celebrating with a significant other with family with platonic friends love is love man happy valentine's day to you <laughs> So, um, yeah, what's up, everybody? My name is Lana Holgado. I'm a musician, professional theater kid, and puzzle fiend. And what's up, everybody? I am Josh Kumar. I'm an aspiring musicologist, and I'm a professional student. Yeah, I am no longer a professional student. I'm a, you know, I'm just, I'm an alpha. Mm. All right. <laughs> I'm just here to grind. You know, I get, I get the insinuation here, and I'm just going to let it slide. <laughs> You know what? It's Valentine's Day. We're all about positivity. Oh, yeah. We're all about keeping that. And this yeah, is also you know. the first podcast we've uh, recorded since uh, we started dropping episodes. Yeah. I'm happy to say we're at five out of five stars on Spotify. Are we? Yeah, we are. We're doing numbers. Mm-hmm. It's plural. Okay. So, all yeah, right. We got it good. Share this podcast. Send it to a friend. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Okay. But... Like, we're a couple weeks out from overtaking Rogan. I think we can do it. But, yeah. you know, we need your help for that. Easily. easily like who why listen to a white man when you could listen to two not white people people (laughs) yes we're bringing the diversity in uh all the different categories Mm -hmm. with this podcast yeah and what is this podcast about lana music music sweet sweet music which brings us to our first segment (laughs) song swap love yeah love that transitional music so what is song swap this is where we give each other a song from our respective playlists that the other has not heard before i gave lana switchfoot's enough to let me go is a California-based alternative rock band operating in relative obscurity until their work was featured in the 2002 movie A Walk to Remember, giving them the exposure needed to propel their fourth album, The Beautiful Letdown, to double platinum status. Their work has allowed them to, much like bands such as Owl City and Reliant K, maintain their credibility in the mainstream as an alternative rock band while still having their music play in contemporary Christian spaces. Their most critically acclaimed album, Hello Hurricane, won the Grammy for Best Rock Gospel Album, and featured my favorite love song of all time, Enough to Let Me Go. So overall, I thought the whole vibe of the song was very calming. I really liked it. It was calming, and it quelled my turbulent soul yesterday. I was having a time, and then I was just looking through my Spotify, and I put, I think I put, well, I, I liked it when you gave it to me, and then I was just playing like my my liked songs, and I was this came on, I was like, this is very nice. I'm calm now. 
Um, I, I just really liked the song. I really liked the instrumentals, and I really liked the vocal delivery. It was just a very nice, smooth, indie rock vocal delivery. Very nice. Um, I'm not much of an indie rock gal, but sometimes it really just hits the spot. This is another song, uh, like how we discussed yesterday, not yesterday, last week, where the music and the lyrics contrast each other. I found the song to be really calming, but having to let someone you love go is one of the least calming things to do. Um, like when I have to recall a time that I've had to do that, I was literally a shaking, crying mess, crying, throwing up, <laughs> vomiting everywhere, shitting my pants. Oh, I'm, like, I'm laughing at the meme, not at like, your misfortune. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I, it was, yeah. So parting with someone you love is never easy. And if it were, the feelings probably weren't that strong. Um, but it's almost as if the instrumental and the vocal delivery are the antidote to the pain of having to part ways. A soothing balm on the burn of heartbreak, if you will. It's like Vicks Vapor Rub for but when for you heart, have. You know? Yeah, it's like for Vicks Vapor Rub for when you have a cold and the cold is your girlfriend leaving you. Yeah, uh, the I definitely connect you with you on the instrumental. Uh, what initially really attracted me to the song was the guitar hook that's in the beginning. <laughs> a constant motif that is referenced throughout the song. However, what really nailed the song for me and why it's my favorite love song is that in its 120 unique words, it spells out a really beautiful message about love. So in a materialistic capitalistic society, ownership and consumption are viewed as virtues. When something immaterial like love is presented, the only way to properly appraise its value is to commodify it as an object, to be owned and to be consumed. Therefore, statements like, I need you, I can't live without you, you're mine, are the ultimate signals to prove love. To be loved is to own love, to consume love fully. Enough to Let Me Go is such a powerful love song because it's a love song that has a perspective. It flips this notion on its head, arguing that the true beauty of love comes from its clear and ever-present nature. It's not a commodity to be owned and consumed, it's an intricate dance to be performed in step with a partner. The beauty of the dance comes from the constant motion, change, and evolution of the partners, in sync with each other, whether together or apart. The more freedom each partner has to operate, the more intricate and beautiful the dance becomes. And the song makes this comparison in two specific areas. It talks about how love is a seed that needs to be let go, dropped in the earth to grow roots in order to properly bloom. and how love is the air that we breathe. To refuse to let go is a notion incompatible with life. We do not own the air we breathe, we're simply privileged enough to partake in it. is because I don't I like you know the whole the whole point 
of me being a musician and being a dancer is that I don't know how to talk to people. So I use music to connect, mm. you know, and then we're doing we're flipping out. We're doing a whole thing where we talk about music. And I was just and I'm like, I think like the after we recorded the first episode, I was like, why did I get myself into this? Now I have to do the thing that I didn't want to do. But I am having a great time, and I think this is a great opportunity to get out of my shell and learn how to use my voice, because to be someone in the music industry, you have to be able to stand up for yourself and to articulate what your art means to you. So this is good. This is good. Yeah. This is a good thing. I like analysis because it makes me think about songs that I like in different and like more meaningful ways. And that is our thesis of this whole podcast. Yeah. Fellas and not fellas. Anyway, the next song that we have in store for you today is Freckles by Lawrence. You, you're kind of looking like a stranger. Why would you ever want to change out? Lawrence is a soul pop group based in New York City, founded by the sibling duo Clyde and Gracie Lawrence. The two of them have been, you know, writing, performing songs, doing the thing, like my brother and I used to do that when we were little, you know, if we kept going, maybe we could be Holgado. Anyway, siblings, um, today Lawrence is an eight-piece band and they've released three studio albums, they've done a lot of cool stuff. They rose to prominence in 2016 when they released their debut album, Breakfast. They, fe- if they feature a lot of like really cool artists like Corey Henry um, of Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles and Snarky Puppy and Maurice Mobetta Brown, who was in the Anderson, Anderson Pack band. That's pretty dope. Also, they've opened for Jacob Collier and Wolfpack, who we mentioned in our first episode, and that was pretty cool. I found this song on TikTok in 2020 in the like pretty early pandemic-y stages and it was a video of a live show and they're like, damn, I miss performing live and I fell in love with it as you all should. It's female empowerment done right, but it could also extend to everybody, but a lot of these issues are historically female issues. Yeah, definitely. The piano, I really like the piano that uh, was coming through on this one. So that's actually performed by uh, Clyde Lawrence. And it had like a very nice ragtime feel to it, especially uh, toward the end when it was uh, sort of jamming through. Unlike other stereotypical empowerment songs, Freckles uh, does something that I thought was really interesting in that it openly acknowledges the flaws that's present in the singer and it doesn't really try to downplay them. You know, there's only like so much you can really talk about how empowering having acne at like 22 is. Got full blown acne at 22. My ears been so thanks and how about you? But at the same time, I think because it does this, it's able to more authentically own the idea that the value isn't really embracing your flaws necessarily. Uh, It's that you're acknowledging that you as a whole are beautiful. The things that make us distinct are really important parts of what makes you and what makes you yourself. Yeah, this is a nice little self-love thing for Valentine's Day. If you're feeling a little down, remember, 
the imperfections that exist in you, they make you you. Especially toward the end, I think it's a pretty interesting demonstration about how imperfections can come together to make something uh, more beautiful than it would if they didn't exist. In the end, they have this nice little like thing that they're playing where they're purposely hitting the wrong notes. They're incorporating audio from like the sessions that clearly was meant to be cut. Uh, but in doing so, it gives the song a lot more character that otherwise wouldn't really uh, it wouldn't really have if the song was perfect and had all that stuff cut. I think I'm like the wrong key. Pretty interestingly, this song exists in a couple different forms. The first one that came through was debuted in a live concert that they did at the March 5th of 2020. So what's really cool about this one is they have a bass line that's in the end here. There's a nice little empowering speech that Gracie gives. And then, but after that, there's like a really extended long bass uh, outro. And the way that Lawrence type likes to write their songs typically was from performing their songs live and trying to tune it up and uh, figure out what worked really well in the live setting and then trying to see how well that would translate to the recording setting. So one advantage they said of having to go into lockdown and then um, everything shutting down, not being able to perform live, is that they thought they might have kept that bass outro. That works really well in a live setting, but doesn't really work in terms of making like a radio friendly single. So uh, the song is able to have a really interesting, cool character, and uh, the live versions now feature a little bit more of a polished uh, version. Uh, but at the same time, it's able to exist uh, really nicely as a uh, solid radio single off their album. They also have a cool acoustic version where they play shells. Michelle's Obama over here. <laughs> I think the last thing is, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of people have just feelings of insecure thoughts. Um, you know, obviously, like, with, you know, it goes without saying it's uh, definitely harder on girls than, like, women in general. Um, but even still, like, as a guy uh, who, you know, sometimes feels, I don't put this, I sometimes don't embrace how much of an alpha I am, you know? <laughs> I don't truly, don't truly appreciate the fact that I am God's gift to humanity. <laughs> so this is just a nice song to remind yourself that, you know what, those, are, you know, those little feelings that get you down, they're not, they're not true. Don't listen to the haters. Yeah, I concur, Joshua. So not the about the alpha. Not about the alpha. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you said before that. <laughs> First of all, I was going to ask, did you watch the music video? Because I had some yeah, thoughts about it. Yeah, I the music video. Yeah, I really liked it. It opens with like a fake TikTok of a princess talking about like her morning routine or something. Or, no, like her um, makeup routine. Mm -hmm. And then it pans out and Gracie, the lead singer, is like in a witch outfit she's a witch and she's like sitting on the toilet like scrolling through a phone as we all do compare ourselves to each other 
And then it's just all about her as a witch coming to terms with her witchiness. And she's like, you know what? I don't need to be a princess. I can just embrace who I am. And then it ends. There's like a post-credits scene where the princess is like sitting on the toilet doing the same thing, watching um, Gracie's TikTok. And she's like, oh, man, she's so cool. So it shows that like from both sides that... Grass is always greener. Yeah. You know, I've, nobody is completely secure 100% of the time. Yeah. One reason I really love this song is because Freckles are in again. I don't know if they were in before at any point in history, but Freckles are in. It's all about showing the Freckles, having like youthful, like dewy skin. Not about any of this like caked on foundation, you know. And it's to the point where, like, people paint them on. There's featured in multiple beautifying filters on Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok. And there are countless tutorials on YouTube that teach people how to achieve this look. And it just goes to show how subjective and pointless beauty standards are. And how no one is really... There, there is no one way to be beautiful. Like, in the line where she's talking about, like, I plucked my eyebrows and now fix back in. Can't win. Mm-hmm. I'm winning though. Yeah, Josh is Josh is winning. Um, Josh is winning. Um, yeah, beauty standards are changing all the time, and traits that you have might be in one year and out the next. So you might as well just embrace yourself as a whole. And I'd like to take this opportunity to open up the conversation, Josh. What's something that What's something that made you in in insecure about your appearance? That you've either learned to embrace or you are on a self-healing journey of learning to embrace. Um, I was insecure about uh, my skin color because I feel like I'm yeah. a little dark. And I don't like how you agreed way too quickly with that. <laughs> no, All just right. Like, oh, colorism. No, I colorism. Okay. Josh, no. I love, I, yeah. I, I, Josh, your skin is great. <laughs> Thank you. Is, All right. Yeah. I, yeah, that's something I appreciate more now. I was going to say... That my nose is one of the main things. It's been one of the main things for me. You've got a cool nose, though. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I realized this my senior year. We were having dinner, and we were just, like, we were on, like, a school trip, and we were eating dinner, and everyone was talking about their noses and how they really want, um, how they really want to get nose jobs. And I thought their noses were great because they had big noses. And I was like, I always wanted a big nose because I thought that's what you're supposed to have. Like, my grandma would keep, like, pinching my nose when I was little to, like, try to reshape the cartilage so it wouldn't be so flat. What? Yeah. That's so sad. That's, like, it's, like, a common thing in, like, in the Philippines. Filipino culture? Yeah, to, like, want to have, like, a more, like, white-looking European nose. And I was like... And I tried to chime in on the conversation. I was like, yeah, I don't like my nose either. And they were like, no, your nose is fine. And I was like, what? Yeah, what? Nose. It's all about, it's all about, like, perspective. Also, I thought my, I thought my tummy, my whole life, was too big. And now, looking back, I was literally a pencil. I was a pencil of a child. And now that I actually am... According to my BMI, overweight. Although BMI, okay, that's is like, stupid. Yeah, that doesn't work because you're too short for that too. Like, yeah, not that you're it's dumb. Short, but, yeah. It's dumb. But yeah, it's very, very stupid and very subjective. 
and but you know now that I you know do have a little bit more voluptuity to myself now I'm just like you know what screw it doesn't matter and I always say this to myself when I look in the mirror I say I love my body how it was how it is and how it will be that's and a I nice try- affirmation. Yes, I try to say that to myself okay. all the time. But yeah, guys, love yourselves this Valentine's love Day. Love yourselves this this beautiful Valentine's Day. And if you don't love yourself, I'm calling the police. Don't make her do that. Yeah, you know what you should also do? You know how to love your... You know what's the best thing to do to love yourself is get a degree in something that you're really passionate about. You know, don't go down... Don't do anything that someone wants you to do because they want you to do it. Do something that you want me to do. And, you know, after you graduate with that degree, try to find something to do with it. Like this next segment. Today we're learning, we're talking about programmatic music versus absolute music. And I've noticed a trend in my, in my topics here. It's something versus something. Um, I don't know whether or not I'll keep this trend up, but... I, I like watching music fight. This is yeah. great. Who, who do you think will win, Josh? Programmatic. Yeah, okay. What do you... Did you research anything about programmatic? Okay, good. Because... <laughs> I wanted you to use your musical degree good, on these because <laughs> I purposefully did this in a different doc so you wouldn't see any of it. So, Josh, what do you think programmatic music is? Okay, so... Just based off the sound, programmatic music just sounds like it's uh, music with a lot more production distortion versus absolute music, which is just more like live performance. Okay. Yeah, that's a good theory, but that's not it at all. Okay. (laughs) These definitions became a thing in the Romantic era when people were getting meta as heck about the music that they were making. Um, And they were really analyzing. They were really thinking about... You know, where does music come from and what does music mean? So programmatic music is a type of instrumental art music that attempts to render an extra musical narrative musically. So basically, music with no lyrics um, and usually there's like you have program notes and it tells you like what this what this piece means. Or um, you can extrapolate what it means by the title. Absolute music is music that is not explicitly about anything. Um, So it's basically the opposite of programmatic music, where it's like you you can interpret it however you want, or it doesn't have to mean anything at all. Like, ars gratia artis, you know? Mm. Art for art's sake. Under absolute music there's this thing called formalism which is the concept of music for music's sake arscratia artis and it refers to only instrumental music so under this definition songs as a whole as like a piece of music as a form don't fall under this but who cares i want to apply these terms to what we're talking about and i want to extend it to songs if we're like talking songs with lyrics uh what examples would you give for programmatic versus absolute yes our listeners might be familiar with okay so i made this whole 
I chose this topic because I wanted to say that All Too Well, the 10-minute version, is programmatic music. But by the official definition of programmatic music, it can't because it has lyrics. Um, but I want—I want—I just want to bend the definitions a little so we can talk about songs. It's a new era, and we need some new tools for processing music, you know? So Taylor Swift, All Too Well, 10-minute version. Everybody knows what that song's about. And everybody knows all the drama behind it. You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. Sacred prayer, and we swear to remember it all too well. And Taylor knew what she was doing when she was making that music video. She loves to plant all her little Easter eggs for her Swifties to find and decode. She, like, you know, there's just... Everybody knows what All Too Well is about, you know? Fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. Right, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> that had, like, a real threatening aura. And I'm, you know, I'm not gonna die over Jake Gyllenhaal. So, yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know that, like, uh, I know he was older than her. He was 30 and she was 21 and they dated for, like, three months. And something about a red scarf. Yeah, red, sweater. red scarf. Yeah, he was, like, um, he's just, he's real toxic. You gotta watch it. Yeah. That's I, your I homework. Am, okay, I'll, wa- homework. I'll watch the All Too Well Watch the All Too Well music video. And then, you know, I have two examples for absolute music. I wanted to pick one with lyrics and one without because, you know that's the official definition whatever so the one with lyrics is what makes you beautiful by one direction and the one without lyrics is dead mouse any dead mouse song without lyrics Dead Mouse has said so himself that he doesn't ascribe meaning to any of his works. Rather, he leak. Yeah. Rather, he likes to leave it up to the listener to fill in the blanks and extrapolate meaning. Why is that's what makes you beautiful? Uh, absolute. I would say what makes you beautiful is the ultimate self-insert song, and that's what makes it. That's what makes it absolute. With my little, you know tweaking of the definition because it's not about any specific events so, so or lack place. of specificity yeah makes it okay yeah if we yeah if we were to take these words that we use to describe something else and try to put them into songs that's what i think they would be i think like something like taylor swift all too well would be programmatic programmatic and something like what makes you beautiful would be absolute. <laughs> yeah, YN fanfics. YN? Don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, one example I would probably say as programmatic music is These Wheels by Lana Holgado. Yeah. Which brings us to our next segment, Josh Bullies Lana. You know, listeners, uh, I'm really proud to tell you all we don't have to bully Lana this week. Yay! Because today is the day that Lana Holgado has dropped these wheels. These wheels are well on spa. 
Spotify. You can listen on Spotify. We don't have to comment for fair use because she owns the music. So. You know what? She's got the masters here. You know what? So y'all, just <laughs> go to, put in your search bar, type in Lana Holgado. You should already be following her on Spotify. Yeah, what are you but doing? But check for the newest release because you know what? She has given us her word. It will be there. This podcast comes out at 5 a.m. on Monday. What? So, yeah. Cause, 5 a.m.? Yeah, it's scheduled. <laughs> so, um, you know, I know a lot of you guys are listening to I this at 5 I was going to have a drop at midnight, but okay. I mean... Sure, we can we can punch it earlier if yeah. you want. Sure. Yeah. All right, check that so you can peep the midnight release of uh, these wheels. You know, mm. Lana, I gotta say, you know, your fans have been waiting at this point for over eighty four days <laughs> since the drop, and mm. we're all just so delighted that it finally. Maybe came I out. should wait. Maybe I should make it drop on the hundredth day. <laughs> this is coming out. <laughs> Whether, you know, whether it drops or not, this is coming out. But I just have such the utmost confidence that Lana Holgado is, in fact, not a liar. Uh-huh. And not, will not go back on her word. This is blackmail. This is blackmail. Good. Luckily for you, I'm on track to release. Yeah. You know. And, you know, if for whatever, you know, unthinkable reason it doesn't come out, maybe like a meteor hit the Holgado house or something like that. I just, like, encourage all of the listeners here to send the relevant authorities to the house just to, you know, conduct a wellness check, make sure everyone's all right there, because, you know, something must have gone horribly wrong. Oh, man. She couldn't have procrastinated for 84 oh, days. Well... That couldn't be it. I think I will not be at my house on Monday. I think I will be in Princeton. Okay. Because I You don't... know what? We got shooters all over. <laughs> you know, this podcast has gone international. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. But we got we got uh, listeners outside of America as well, mm-hmm. so we got we got shooters all over the place. We've you know? broadened our scope. We have. Yeah. So anyway, this has been Josh Bolizana. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been the Opus Podcast. Um, shout out to computers for helping us record this. Shout out to Josh. For having those very nice glasses, you know those are the those are the brown M and M's glasses right there. <laughs> That's my rapper name, Brown M and M. Brown M and M. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Opus Podcast. Uh, I've been Josh Kumar. I'm Lana. You can find Lana at Lana Holgado at all platforms. Yeah, follow me on TikTok and on Instagram. That's where I post most often. I also make YouTube videos. And as Josh previously said, by the time this podcast comes out, these wheels will be out on all streaming platforms. Amazon Music, Tidal, Deezer, whatever you want. Spotify, Apple Music, the big boys, um, whatever floats your boat. And, you know, someone give Josh a virtual pat on the back. He probably needs it. Our theme music is Underground Stars by Locks Beats. Bye. Take it easy, y'all.